0: Welcome to the Insider Podcast. My name is Lindsay Servine. I'm a multi-passionate lifestyle entrepreneur dedicated to helping people build confidence and create the life of their dreams. The mission of the Insider Podcast is to give men exclusive VIP access inside the female mind. With practical and tactical tips to improve your dating game, I want to help you be the guy so you can get and keep the girl. Today, I'm bringing on a very special guest, someone who is near and dear to my heart, my buddy and fellow YouTuber, Pablo Guzman. He is a passionate entrepreneur currently living in Colorado. He started off as a web designer in college, then traveled around as a freelance writer and photographer, and now has built a six-figure business in the exotic pet industry pablo dedicates his time building communities around his curiosities and is in the beginning stages of his next project in today's episode we're going to be breaking down what pablo likes to call the rent to own relationship or as i like to call it the situationship so if you find yourself in a comfortable but unfulfilling relationship, keep listening. We're diving into how these situationships get started and how to get out of your dating rut and into a fulfilling life that you love. So join me and Pablo and let's go deep, Deep Insider. Hey, boo, how's it going?
1: i not too bad. How's your night going?
0: So Good. <laughs> So, thank you so much for being on the Insider Podcast. It's amazing to have you.
1: I'm excited to be on. I like the episode so far.
0: Well, you're (laughs) our biggest fan, I think. Um,
1: (laughs) But that will I'll represent that proudly. (laughs) Yeah.
0: So I've already kind of told our audience a little bit about you and kind of what you do and uh, your entrepreneurial endeavors, but I always love to hear it straight from the source. So tell us a little bit about you. Um, What are you doing right now? What are you working on? What are you liking? What are you loving? What are you hating?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I guess uh, I'll do like a brief origin story. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, my parents are both from from mexico born and uh, raised pretty much i guess my mom was nine when she came over but uh, i was the first one born here in the states and um kind of like how you mentioned definitely always had an entrepreneurial mindset i remember when i was like in uh i think it was third grade i saw some kids selling these these little bead animal these keychains. i don't know if you remember those or Mm -hmm. not and um they were awful they were awful and (laughs) i was like i could do that better and i could probably like double the price and, and make some money and I, I don't know what age you are in third grade, but it's kind of weird for a little, a little kid, you know? And uh, essentially that kind of just kept happening. I'd find things that I thought I could make better. Um, and then I'd start, I guess, selling. And I made like an Excel spreadsheet that I'd go door to door to sell all my little things. Oh, my and, God, that's uh, amazing. Yeah, it's kind of evolved over time. So
0: You're like a born hustler.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I feel like... Uh, <laughs> entrepreneurs I think there's people that want to be entrepreneurs and then there's people that just naturally are
0: yeah
1: even though I'm like a huge introvert I kind of force myself to to learn social dynamics just so I can be good at what I like to do which is I guess selling stuff but um, I think
0: I think (laughs) if you're like a natural entrepreneur though you don't even it's not like you're selling stuff like it doesn't feel salesy to me when I'm selling
1: right you're solving um, a problem yeah yeah yeah, so. yeah definitely yeah it, it's uh yeah it's it's more like you're you're answering a question and that kind of leads to something towards building something mm-hmm. and honestly just kind of building trust with people but
0: so what's your latest entrepreneurial um success or venture what do you what do you do right now
1: yeah so um elementary it was <laughs> it was beat geckos middle school it was actual real geckos i uh i, I was breeding leopard geckos at the time which was kind of a a fluke thing they they laid eggs and i hacked out the eggs and so in middle school and high school i was actually breeding three different species of reptiles and then selling crickets on the side um and then i got a job at a pet store and kind of fast forward and now i have a actual retail retail reptile store so i've had this business going for it'll be four years or it was four years in september and it's we've expanded and three times, three times now. So at this point, it's pretty much, I don't know, self self-running. We have some employees um, that can that run the front end. I have a social media person that does all the online stuff. And uh, I think the exciting thing that I'm doing right now is trying to open up another store uh, in a total different industry. And that's going to be a used bookstore. So oh, man. that's that's currently what's keeping me up at night is trying to <laughs> figure out how to make that happen.
0: Oh, my heart is yours. You know my love affair with books. Like, you're acutely aware of my book, love. So yes. that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you. Um, so, you know, I think that entrepreneurship and relationships go hand in hand. I know that definitely. I've definitely... Um, gone, you know, into some challenges where people don't necessarily know how to date an entrepreneur. Um, They might be a little intimidated by it. Um, And I think that the, the entrepreneurial mindset, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of affects the way that we approach relationships. And, um, you know, we were talking about something really interesting, that you kind of gave me, you know, your insight on this phenomenon that i thought was so important to bring onto this show because yes. i have a different name for it but it's essentially the same thing so i want to know all about what you call the <laughs> rent to own relationship can you please explain this to oh, the audience what is the rent to own relationship
1: the rent to own relationships <laughs> um <laughs> yeah you know what's funny is i think like that kind of name popped off, you know, one of the times that you and I were talking about just dating life and relationships in general. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, when it comes to to buying a house, there's always the rent to own option. So you're not completely committed or obligated to to getting or to buying the house, but you're making, you know, some serious progress towards it. And kind of when it comes to dating and relationships, I feel like that's what a lot of people do. It's not that they're Dating with an intent to be with this person with this partner it 's more of a convenience and what ends up mm. is that you know neither person wants they 're comfortable i guess is the best way to put it mm. so it may not be you know incredibly i don 't know prosperous and romantic and and happy and stuff, but it 's enough it 's enough, and a lot of people don 't want to um, be alone, so they 'd rather just kind of stay with someone and in turn over time, it becomes this rent-to-own relationship where before you know it, you know, you're years in and uh, trying to figure out what to do or sometimes people just kind of make it happen and make it an official thing. And I think a lot of the times, or a lot of the time it can be, I don't know, I don't know about problematic, but it can cause a lot of friction, I feel. So, but that's kind of the trend. Yeah.
0: it's like squatters.
1: <laughs> it's like squatters. That's what
0: I, yeah, yeah, like you're just kind of squatting in a relationship and you're not really moving forward, but you're kind of in a place where you can't really go backwards. Like my grandma, she was so crude. She would say like shit or get off the pot kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> so gross. You know, my grandma was a classy broad. Man, um, she, I feel <laughs> like all guys
1: do is like wake up in the morning and they're on YouTube for 45 minutes or doing whatever they want to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But, like, I think you're right. I think that it it does come down to comfortable. And I think people, you know, our society, we really come to value comfort. And...
1: I think a lot of people date out of convenience, you know? Yeah. Absolutely. What's the... Do you have, like, a certain term that you refer to it as? or?
0: (laughs) I call it a situationship.
1: (laughs) Situationship. I heard someone said imagination ship the other day and I was laughing. I hadn't heard that one before.
0: I think we're all currently, well, I am in an isolation ship. Yeah.
1: Yeah, (laughs) me too. But I
0: do think that, you know, the pandemic adds a a unique element to this rent-to-own relationship idea because right now comfort is kind of a necessity. We need to feel comfortable. We need to feel comforted. We need to feel safe. And even if you just have like a pandemic partner or a fuck pod or (laughs) like whatever to kind of give you comfort in an emergency situation, I think that that's okay. I think this is one of the times where prioritizing comfort, even convenience a little bit is okay just to kind of get you through the season. But mm-hmm. this has been going on before the pandemic even happened. People get into relationships based on convenience, right? Yeah. And also stay because it's better than nothing. And I think that's really sad. We end up selling ourselves so short. That it's like, well, it's better than nothing. And I was guilty of this. I stayed with a guy for too long. But I was new in the city. I didn't know anybody. He was all Mm. I knew. And it was the wrong relationship. Absolutely. But it was all I had. Or that's what I thought, you know. And it was comfortable. And it was steady. It was, you know, reliable.
1: And I think, but, I mean, that's definitely nice at first, for sure. Especially it in that was situation. Impossible.
0: It felt impossible to get out of because mm. when you stay in something that causes you, like, it's you're so comfortable in that ship, It that. makes it so difficult for you to leave because you more than likely have made it the center of your life. There's nothing else going on for you. And so the idea of leaving the one thing that you have becomes so scary.
1: Right. Yeah. And I mean, oftentimes these, these situationships, as you call them, I feel Mm -hmm. like in, in being in one, you almost sacrifice a lot of other relationships in your life. Friendships, um, you know, any type of partnership, whether it's, uh, you know, with a, a sibling or, you know, just your friends at work. Sometimes those those take a those end up on the back end of your life. So it makes it more difficult to leave the situation ship.
0: Yeah, and I I would relate this to you know entrepreneurship or or staying in a dead end job.
1: You mm-hmm. know,
0: so many people stay in a dead end job or they never go out on the scary you know skinny branch to start yeah. that business that they've been dreaming about because right. well. You know, at least with this job, it's a shitty job, but it pays the bills.
1: You know what to right? expect. Yeah, you know exactly. What to expect.
0: Mm-hmm. And, you know, in life, in business, in love, like you have to take a risk and you have to risk like getting hurt, you know, compromising and being uncomfortable. You have right. to go out on the skinny branch. And I think for men, and you can totally tell me if I'm wrong, I think for men, convenience is more important for men in this kind of situation. And I would say comfort is more important for women. I don't 100%. know if women really date out of convenience, but we definitely date out of comfort, comfort. sometimes. Sure. And I think with men, it's more—it's the opposite. I think it's more convenience. Yeah. And like, how can I get... Whoever the girl is that's gonna say yes, the right. least amount of activation energy, the <laughs> least amount of investment. Who is the easiest girl that's gonna be a solid sure yes?
1: It's like uh, what's I forget where it started, but it says that um, we we people typically date a partner that um, somewhat resembles their you know the, the parent of the opposite sex. Mm-hmm. You know, so so men will date will usually try to find someone that's reminds them of their mother you know maybe Mm -hmm. not intentionally but subconsciously Mm -hmm. but um, I feel like a lot of a lot of men these days um, are more like children in men's bodies (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's a kind of convenience thing like oh she said yes that means I could play my video games and she'll be around to you know pat my back on occasion yeah
0: Yeah. and it's it's an uncomfortable thing to date somebody who's going to push you to be a better version of yourself and We're not, we are not all trying to be the best versions of ourselves. Like, let's be real. There's a small percentage of us who actually are trying to be better.
1: yeah.
0: And the rest of us are kind of cool with the status quo. And I think that that is a root of like bigger problems in our society, but specific to dating. Like that's why so many people are struggling to connect and they just kind of, swing you know for the easiest catch they you know go for the low-hanging fruit and i i just think that that's really sad that's really kind of short-changing yourself right you know
1: it's like uh it's like cuffing season you know you know when cuffing season starts it's you know Mm -hmm. who's who's also available during that time so we can Mm kind of you know hunker down during during these winter cold months and be together
0: (laughs) yep And like I said, with, like, the pandemic, like, I think that that's a perfectly reasonable excuse to, like, you know, go for comfort. Because this is, like, mentally taxing. It's very stressful. You know, you have to limit your connection to strangers. And that's fine. Like, I I always encourage women to have a maintenance man, first of all. But especially (laughs) during the pandemic... Yeah. You know, I I'm definitely curious. think you should you should have a maintenance, a maintenance
1: man. man. <laughs> I like it. I'm curious to see what's <laughs> gonna happen with uh with the people that have been or in relationships prior to the pandemic. Um I feel yeah. like I've already had a lot of uh partnerships where people are stressed just from not being accustomed to you know, being tied almost literally at the at the hip with uh their partner, you know.
0: Well, I you know. definitely think that you know, you're gonna see whether or not this person was the good fit for you. And I think that if you are in a rent to own relationship where you've just been squatting, and you've just been kind of like, in the comfort zone with this person out of convenience, or whatever, like, that's really gonna start to wear on you because you didn't really invest that much into this person to begin with, you didn't really like, Really, yeah. let's be honest, like them that much, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, so that's just going to wear on you. Um, but I think that it just takes a certain level of vulnerability. And I think that that's kind of what's lacking in men and women is just this willingness to be vulnerable and ask for what you need and, and advocate for what you want. Right. In the same turn, though, being willing to give more, you know, instead of, we're always kind of in this transactional love situation. I think it's terrible. Like I just really want us to get out of this transactional mindset when it comes to dating. Mm -hmm. But if we could all learn to approach a relationship with what do I have to give to this person? What can I bring to this person? How can I show up for them instead of how is this person going to serve me? How are they going to meet my needs? Are they what I want? Are they what I need?
1: Yeah. It could be very selfish.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, I would argue that we are naturally slightly selfish,
1: you know, as humans. (laughs) Definitely. You know, I'm incredibly selfish about my happiness. (laughs) Um, Same. Yeah. So, and I always try to try to make it a point that when I say, that I'm selfish. It's never at the expense of someone else's happiness. Right. You know, definitely not for that. But um, yeah, I think more people should be selfish in that sense. But uh, and I
0: think mm-hmm. that people and and tell me what you think. I think a part of it may not even be a conscious decision that oh, I'm dating out of convenience or I'm dating out of comfort. It could just be that we are confusing comfortability with happiness
1: oh maybe that's a good point yeah i could see that
0: like well i'm comfortable so i must be happy Hmm.
1: yeah i wonder if maybe in being comfortable you don't have that yearning to to seek you know additional happiness Um, it's not as strong maybe you know
0: yeah because i think it can easily get confused where you're like well i'm comfortable so i'm not unhappy
1: right exactly
0: and i think people make that mistake well just because you're not unhappy doesn't mean you are happy
1: right <laughs> yeah definitely i completely agree
0: <laughs> right mm-hmm. so i guess i don't know how how do we remedy the rent to own relationship <laughs> or kind of, the situation
1: sure kind of going on i guess let's changing it around and i i want to see what you think about this um
0: okay.
1: what about the, the opposite so i feel like there's a a large there's also the culture of you know arranged marriages mm-hmm. and um and i forget what the statistic was but uh it was it was actually arranged marriages typically end up doing better than kind of our you know United States fall in love, head over you know head over heels type stuff. Um, they definitely they typically have longer marriages and they don't divorce near at the rate that we do. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's something that uh, these situationships can lead to, where unknowingly because you are comfortable with someone, maybe if each partner takes you know the time to realize what it is to make their partner happy maybe those situations can turn into something more valuable, into something where both people are happy.
0: I definitely think that... I think you could learn to appreciate someone and the value that they bring to a relationship and and that appreciation could lead to longevity. I definitely think that that's possible. However, I wonder... What the level of passion and mm. love and connection would be i I think that there is you know a lifestyle love where you could learn to love someone um as a person and out of appreciation and intrinsic value, but sure. there is a romantic love and there's a passion right. love that I don't know if you can put two people together and they can grow that um we should run and then time. I would.
1: And I can, I can pick partners for you via, you know, whatever from, I'll do it from here in Colorado, but I'll have your profile (laughs) set to Florida and uh, I'll pick the guys for you.
0: (laughs) Only if I can do it vice versa for you.
1: Oh man. You know, my profile does not, I don't do well in the whole uh, online dating thing for whatever reason.
0: That's because I need to write your profile. Probably.
1: I actually had, Um, I had a girl write. I had a couple of girls write my profile for me because I told them I was having such bad luck. And even with them rewriting and picking the pictures and all that stuff, still nothing. Hmm. I,
0: I I think though we have to be fair to say that, and this could be just pure ignorance. So I apologize, but I would beg to to argue that there's probably a small percentage of that statistic that the success rate of those marriages is based on cultural Influences too, like they may oh, right. not be, you know, they may not legally be able to divorce, <laughs> right? True, or like you know, it's, and it can't then
1: so bad, you know, from right. society, and family that they just yeah, can't. Yeah,
0: so that could be part of it, but then also I think too, I think in in those situations I would offer that maybe it's because the ego is not a playing factor in that you have two mm-hmm. families essentially that are making that decision. And so the individuals, their ego does not play a part. Right. And we date on our ego.
1: The ego is the enemy.
0: You know, we absolutely date based on our ego. How can I get my needs met? Yeah. And, you know, with the least amount of resistance, investment, activation, energy, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So, I think that a part of that success rate could be because the ego is not
1: present. Yeah, that's a very good point.
0: You know, and the families know, like, here are the logistical things that make up a good marriage in our eyes. And we know our daughter, we know our son. These are the traits that we think are valuable in a marriage, you know, personality wise. And so they're matching based on that. Um, So Mm -hmm. I think that just, the removal of the ego could be a big part of it i don't know that'd be something worth exploring Definitely. i you know revisiting this idea of who you would match for me i would be so curious to see <laughs> and i and trust me i already know what kind of women i would set you up with i already hands down I already do
1: you know. oh man that's, oh, yeah. that's scary. easy peasy <laughs> easy peasy she says
0: <laughs> oh man peasy. i'm terrified <laughs> <laughs> why i would be so like oh man I you would love the women that I would pick for you. Oh man. And they would adore Maybe. you. Maybe. I, I have no doubt in my mind. I feel like I feel like a trip to Colorado is necessary. We need to make this happen. Um well,
1: we can figure something out. <laughs> I'll go to Florida. We'll do the vice versa. Yeah. It'll be like a YouTube series where one of us sits at the end of the bar and we like monitor the actual date itself, you know?
0: <laughs> I I would watch that. I think other people would watch that too.
1: I could think of a few for sure. <laughs> oh, before I forget, question for you.
0: Uh-huh. Um, yes.
1: Thoughts on uh, love languages. Is that important? Should guys know more about that? Because I feel like guys don't exactly... Um,
0: mm-hmm. I think 100%. I was actually just having this conversation with another friend of mine yesterday about the love languages and the yeah. book itself. Yeah. Yep. I think the book is so powerful. Um. I think, you know, when I read it, actually... It's a crazy story. I read it once just out of curiosity and mm-hmm. because of the work that I do. Um, but then I read it a second time because I was actually in a relationship with somebody and he cheated on me. Mm. And I made the decision to stay. And I had certain conditions that I basically brought to him and said, look, I'm willing to work past this. Mm-hmm. and to trust you again and to not punish you anymore, you know, because I'm making the choice to stay. Yeah. And I said, however, there are three things that I need you to do for me enable, you know, for us to be able to move forward. And one of those things was to read this book together. Oh, yeah. Um, And it, it was pretty transformational for our relationship. But I also learned um, something quite interesting about myself that I don't necessarily give love in the same way that I like to receive love. Yeah, And I wonder if other people have that same experience because when you first read the book, the five love languages that it really kind of talks about how you have one or two, you know, love languages that are more prominent than the others and sure. talks about how kind of everybody has a little bit of each but you have one or two maybe three dominant love languages what are yours but he sorry oh, i'll get Just into cares. that but oh, yeah. <laughs> he does he he doesn't really discuss the idea of giving love in a different way than you receive love mm-hmm. even after you're aware of what your love languages are and so Um, you know, for those of you people who have not read the book, you need to read the book first of all. Second of all, um, quick little synopsis basically, the guy talks about how every person has, you know, a dominant love language, maybe one or two out of these five. And the five love languages are words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, um, gifts, and um,
1: I always forget the other one
0: acts of of service, acts of service, yeah. Basically, he talks about how sometimes or the majority of the time where there's a disconnect in the relationship is because you're not speaking the same love language and that it's really important to learn your partner's love language so that you can give them love in the best way that they enjoy receiving it and vice versa. So what I learned about myself is that my love language is the way that I love to receive Mm -hmm. love is quality time, Mm -hmm. and physical touch. Okay. But the way that I just naturally, intuitively give love is acts of service and words of affirmation. Oh. Yeah, it's different
1: how you receive and how you give.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I was dating someone at the time where his love language of giving, giving love language was... Um, gifts. He uh, got me. I mean, he bought me stuff all the time. And I appreciate gifts. Don't get it twisted, because what girl doesn't, <laughs> you know? Yep. But I just didn't, like, that wasn't a love thing to me. That was just like, oh, well, this is really nice. Like, thank you. But, like, I didn't feel like I was being loved. Right. I need know? something else from you. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was interesting to, like, uncover about myself. So I'm like, wow. Like, Okay, I don't even give love the same way that I like to receive it. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, what about you? What are your love languages?
1: Uh, as far as receiving, it's physical touch and words of affirmation, definitely.
0: Okay.
1: Um, okay. As far as giving, I'd say quality time is one. I value my time a lot. So I feel like my time is very precious to me. So to give something, to give time up um, in my world is like giving, I'm giving a lot of myself to you. Um, mm-hmm. but as far as, as far as receiving quality time, it doesn't really mean anything to me, which is kind of odd. Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess that's what we're talking about. So there, yeah, uh, yeah there was a girl that I dated. This was pre pandemic and she, she, she loved giving quality time and I work all the time. I mean, I have, I am uh, retail stores open seven days a week. Um, and then on top of that, I do a lot of other random side hustles and whatever else. And so, but she was always, she was always coming randomly just showing up like, Hey, I just wanted to come hang out and uh, which I appreciated, but it stressed me out so much mm-hmm. that I would try to, I think that was honestly one of the reasons why it just didn't end up working for us because it wasn't, it ended up stressing the relationship more than it did helping the relationship. So, yeah.
0: Did you ever have a conversation about your love languages?
1: Uh, we did briefly at the beginning. I don't think she had read the book. I don't recall now, but I was mm-hmm. trying to explain, um, you know, what they are and also trying to find out what hers were so I could be aware of that and also do my best to, you know, to give, to show affection and love in that, in that manner. Cause I think that's important. So,
0: so yeah. mm-hmm. going to the love languages, you said something very brilliant to me on one of our previous phone calls. And you said that your ultimate love language would be what?
1: Ah, uh <laughs> building a business is should be a love language for sure. Yes. Yeah. I
0: agree. <laughs> yeah, definitely.
1: <laughs> oh man.
0: I if I could build an empire with somebody.
1: Yeah. That would
0: be like my ultimate like power couple taking over the world. That is my love language. I See, what are you doing in Florida?
1: Thing. What are you doing? In- <laughs>
0: <laughs> my ego I think, and the fact that I'm a Scorpio, I would have to say like power. Power is my love language. Mm-hmm. Like I love, I love feeling powerful. Yeah. So if my partner can make me feel powerful or make me feel supported in my power, right? Um, I mean, I think we're going like, l- l- you know, top tier. Yeah, taking over here with this, we might lose all of my subscribers. Um, <laughs> I'm going like next level, top tier here. I think they'll but, appreciate it, but yeah, like you know, just making me feel powerful. And I know my ego is loud and proud, and, and, I, and I'm actively working on that. But <laughs> I think you know, really discovering what your love language is and having that self awareness, and then taking the extra step to learn your partner's love language. I think that that yeah. is one way. To kind of remedy this rent to own relationship you know <laughs> yeah, you have definitely self awareness just knowing like these are what my needs are and I'm willing to fight for my needs
1: yeah, I mean those rent to own relationships could definitely you know turn into something more actually, something more meaningful you know if both parties just are willing to take the time and learn about each other and put the put the energy into it
0: now do you maybe think- not but Mm-hmm. Do you think that rent-to-own relationships have a fighting chance to develop into a meaningful relationship?
1: I think it's rare. I feel like it's it's rare. I feel like there, I don't know too many stories where people were like, yeah, we were kind of hanging out. And then next thing I know, I'm staying at their place all the time. And so I guess we're in a relationship. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, I don't hear those stories turning into marriage or you know families or whatever it is that they they view as success or happiness in in their partnership um usually it's it's the opposite it's like well we've been together for 4 years and i guess we do okay together but you know we might as well just get married
0: yeah so, that's that's so sad yeah. that reminds me of something that i i think women i would like for my sisters to hear and that is you know This is not a slight to men, but it's a truth. I think it's a truth. Men will allow you to Mm -hmm. act as their girlfriend for as long as you are willing to act as their girlfriend without them actually making you their girlfriend.
1: Mm, Yeah. So, my
0: cautionary advice to ladies is if he does not explicitly claim you as his girlfriend, Acting like his girlfriend is not going to make you his girlfriend. No. You know, there is absolutely no incentive for a man to stake his claim if he's already getting all the bennies. And honestly, I don't I'm not even hating on dudes for doing it because I'm like, that's a sweet setup. Right. (laughs) You're getting all your needs met. Right she's yeah. giving you time she's giving you you know consistent access to the booty like <laughs> i'm not even hating it like why would you mess up a good thing i get it right. but i'm just saying like ladies like pretending you're his girlfriend or acting like you're his girlfriend is never gonna prompt him to make you his girlfriend
1: yeah. so mm-hmm.
0: you know and I think that a lot of women get into these comfortable situationships in the hopes that the guy is going to, you know, stake the claim, make the commitment, you know, right, take ownership of the relationship. But I would argue that majority of the time he's not going to, there's no incentive to do that.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, I feel like women should just kind of take over the world in most aspects anyway. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think both men and women should be more honest too, especially mm-hmm. men from what I hear. Um I try to be over communicate. I try to what's the I can't think can't say the word. Over
0: over communicate.
1: Yeah. I try to over communicate with whoever I'm dating or um just spending time with. I feel like that's super important. Cuz there's times when I mean, I because I have a retail business, I see a lot of people come in and out. And when you see so many people coming in and out, you get to know people, especially when a uh, repeat business is a regular thing. So whether guys or girls, I know the majority of my customers' names and their families and kids and what they have. And you really get to know these people. And so on occasion you have, you know, have girls that are interested and they want to exchange numbers and we'll start talking. And sometimes, um, off the bat, I'll give my number. I'm like, this is, I'm not in a place to date. I'm not trying to date, but I could always use a friend or, you know, if you ever just want to banter or whatever, I could do that, but I can not invest more. Mm-hmm. And, um, I try to make that very, very clear. And <laughs> what's funny is it doesn't always work. Most of the time, mm-hmm. it, most of the time it doesn't work. Um, so even if they're, you know, bringing lunch or trying to spend time or do things, um, trying to play the role of the girlfriend you know in hopes I try to be like <laughs> I try to be very honest um and sometimes it's rude or I, I have to be very rude about it but I think inevitably or ultimately that's better for both both parties
0: um, yeah I definitely think that there are a lot of instances where we think that we can convince the other person and 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 it's almost like we get it in our mind. Like, I hear what you're saying. I hear you tell me that you can't go any further or that you can't invest or that you don't want to date. But yeah, that's because you haven't met me yet. Yeah, this literally <laughs> happened last
1: weekend. This literally happened last weekend. It was like, terrible. I
0: feel like That's the ego. It's like, well, obviously he wasn't ready to date because he didn't know me yet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: You know oh, and man. and I love the confidence and I love feeling like empowered that we are the game changer and i I always feel like you should present yourself like you are the game changer, however,
1: right.
0: you should listen to people when they're communicating those boundaries to you and I think that men you know we we give men a bad rap, but we have most of the time not, we deserve it. but we haven't really encourage them to be honest with their intentions because we reprimand them for doing so right so like i'm always like dudes be honest (laughs) with your intentions because no matter what there's somebody out there looking for the same thing that you are so if you want a committed relationship say that if you want to be out there you know just dick slanging and being casual that's cool too yeah. Because trust me, there are plenty of sex positive women who just want to go out and, you know, right. hook up too. But I think men are, you know, afraid to just say, hey, I'm just here for a casual hookup because there's such a stigma attached to that. And the same thing with women. Mm-hmm. There are very few instances where women feel comfortable saying, hey, I'm just out here getting it. And that's yeah. all good. But, you know, because slut shaming is a, you know, a pandemic <laughs> <laughs> in our society, I would say, yeah. you know, not a lot of women are going to position themselves out there and say, hey, I'm just out here enjoying my life. You know, I'm sex positive. I want to have casual sex, like whatever. Right. So I think people just have to kind of be willing to be vulnerable and be open and unapologetic with who they are. Yes. and honest like yeah. just be honest with your intentions and if you feel like the other person is not taking you for what your word is and and believing you when you communicate those boundaries then yeah you have to break it off because you cannot lead them down the road that you know and play mm-hmm. into their fairy tale that they're going to change you because that's just never going to work and you're going to be stuck yeah and, and then, it's not you, fair to then them. you right and then you have to be the asshole.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. You know.
0: <laughs> so I think it's just fair to say like people just really need to get more comfortable with being uncomfortable and Definitely. have uncomfortable conversations or stay in an uncomfortable situation.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the situation, I think you'll like this, uh, the situation last week was, was a customer and it was kind of the, um, she asked for my number and I gave it to her and she messaged me right away. And I was like, Hey, just you know, letting you know pandemic's going on, I take it pretty seriously because there's a lot of people I care about that won't fare well if they happen to to get COVID. Um, one of my friends lost his dad to it. I have another friend who lost family members, so I'm not looking to to meet up or date, but mm-hmm. if you ever want to, you know, just feel like talking or something, or if you want to talk about the reptiles or whatever, um, that's fine and uh, she did not hear any of it (laughs) it was like hey so do you want to go out tomorrow night and i was like no 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 no. i'm serious when i'm saying i haven't gone out like i go to my business and i come home and that's really about it and she's like no no i understand i understand and then the next day she's like hey so i was thinking about cooking dinner and maybe grabbing some beers do you want to come over i was like this isn't this isn't going to be a thing like this no and then it goes to, she went to the entire, well, you haven't met me. Like literally she said that, mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm a little different. I'm like, uh, I don't care who you are, but this is not a situation where I'm trying to entertain anything like that. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the next morning she's like, Hey, so just after talking for, uh, for a few days, I think we should just be friends. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you know, you know what, after thinking about it, I think you're right. We would do much better if we're just friends.
0: Well, and I think, too, like, you know me because I'm kind of ruthless, but Mm -hmm. I would even have taken it a step further and just said, yeah, I don't even think we need to be friends. Like, it's nice to meet you. Best of luck. But, like, that's just me being ruthless in, like, I have plenty of friends. I have. (laughs) I have, like, I know people that, you know, respect my boundaries and, you know what I mean? And so I think that's just part of that self-awareness conversation and just knowing your boundaries, communicating your boundaries and advocating for yourself and being willing to, you know, really go out of your comfort zone. And maybe that means that you're alone for a while. And maybe that means that you're riding solo for a minute, but you know, don't shortchange yourself just mm-hmm. to have, you know, a warm body next to you. And, you know, obviously, these times are kind of the exception.
1: Definitely. You know,
0: I mean, I was, at you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, I called up, you know, one of my old maintenance men and said, Listen, do you want to be <laughs> my designated like pandemic partner? And we literally had the conversation and laid out the rules and said, this is just a casual thing. But you know, out of respect for our health, you mm-hmm. know, we are going to be sexually exclusive. Mm-hmm. We're not going to date anybody and we will be friends and we'll hang out and we'll respect each other's boundaries, but there's no feelings involved. And we would do little check-in conversations here and there and just say, Hey, like, are you still good with this setup? Like, you know, oh, that's that's healthy. feelings? I'm not catching feelings. Like, We set up those boundaries and it worked beautifully. And once he kind of decided that he was ready to start dating, he was, you know, very, you know, considerate and said, hey, I'm thinking about, you know, starting to date a little bit. And I Mm. just wanted to, you know, honor our agreement and let you know that and and be respectful. And I said, great. So now I know that, like, our situation is done and like. Thank you so much for one honoring my health and two, like just honoring our friendship and, you know, being an adult. Yeah. And it was just so, yeah, it was so wonderful. And we're good, good buddies to this day. He's out dating. I'm out dating. Like we hang out as friends, like it's not a big deal. But once we established that boundary and said, okay, well, now we are friends. It is no longer sexual, nothing like that. We're able to respect our boundaries. And that is really what I think is missing. Like you have to communicate and use your words, like be an adult Mm -hmm. and say, these are my boundaries. I need you to honor them. And I will also respect you when you communicate your boundaries to me. Yeah. It really is that simple. And like people make things so complicated. They do. And it doesn't have to be like just And if you're in a relationship for comfort right now, be really honest with yourself. Like, is this just comfortable for me? And is that what you really want? Right. Do you, and that's okay. Like, but you have to, you know, take ownership of the fact that you are choosing Mm -hmm. to be in, you know, an unfulfilling but comfortable relationship. And if you're not changing it, you are choosing
1: it exactly yeah i couldn't agree and i mean thank you for coming to my ted (laughs) mic drop (laughs) man but really i mean what's like what would have been the alternative you guys would not have communicated and it would have progressed into who knows what you know one person would have caught feelings would have fallen in love the other person's Mm -hmm. not feeling it and then friendships ruined it could have you know Added stress to both lives, heartbreak, who knows what else. So
0: Yeah, and then you lose a really quality person out of your life because you weren't willing to have a slightly awkward, uncomfortable conversation. Life is fucking awkward, people. (laughs) Get used to it.
1: I think the other thing that people don't consider either, and I I try to keep this in mind whenever I am dating, is how trying to find a partner being a partnership affects everybody else around you in life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I know so many people who they're every day, you know, is you can tell how the relationship's going just based on the energy that day. If they're mm-hmm. having a negative day, then it's very obvious. They're having a um, it's not going well with their partner and it's in turn affecting the workspace or family matters or, you know, whatever it is. So,
0: yeah, I agree. And I, I, I forget who said this. I'm pretty sure it was Oprah. God love her. <laughs> but she, I think it was Oprah, but I heard it. Somebody said that not only are you responsible for the energy that you allow into your life, but you are responsible for the energy that you bring
1: Definitely. into,
0: you know, other people's lives. And you're right. Like your relationship status can have an effect On the other people around you. And I think it's okay. To sit in your feelings. And experience your experience. However. You do have to be mindful. Of other people around you. And if you're not communicating. What's wrong in your relationship. With the person that you're in a relationship with. Mm -hmm. But everybody else around you knows. That is a problem.
1: Yeah. Yep and then not to say like the as far as like putting the energy out like people definitely don't have to be happy 24 7 like you don't want to force you know or fake what you're feeling but um, I do think people need to be considered about the energy they put out absolutely
0: absolutely and I definitely think like if you're having a bad experience like that's okay like Mm -hmm. please honor you know where you're at but It's okay to communicate that to people too and say like, Hey, you know, I'm sorry. I'm kind of like in a funk today. I've got some stuff going on at home. You don't have to be, you know, putting your business out in the world, but you can just say, Hey, I'm, I'm really sorry if I'm not bringing my best energy today. I've got some things on my mind. Right. But, and, and And people mm -hmm. will honor that. Like people are really good and kind. And if I were, I know if I were to show up anywhere and say, Hey, I'm not my best self today, please like excuse my energy, but I'm, I'm going to do the best that I can. People are going to be like, wow, it's all good. Like,
1: and it goes right back to communication, you know, because feeling people know how to to be around you. Yeah. You know,
0: Versus if I just show up and I'm just in a shitty mood and I don't tell anybody what's going on, people are going to be like, what, you know, what's this bitch's problem. (laughs) Right. Like, so I think it just all comes back to getting very clear on who you are, what you want and communicating that in an effective way to other people. So, yeah. um,
1: And these rent-to-own relationships, make sure you read the fine print, you know, (laughs) Like look over the lease if something's wrong or you need something changed, make sure to make that happen.
0: Yes, like know the terms of agreement. (laughs) Yeah. And be explicit.
1: No, is it only a one year lease or what's going on? Yeah.
0: And and I know that it kind of like maybe takes the romance or the emotions out of it when we get so kind of nuts and bolts about relationships, but sometimes you do kind of have to look at it from a logical perspective and just say okay like you know if we're gonna do this you and I we're gonna do this yeah. this is where I'm coming from I need to know that you're on the same page and I think that that is ultimately what can help a rent-to-own relationship and if you choose to be in like a casual situation that's totally fine but just know that you are making that conscious choice.
1: You know, I think that's where I struggle myself personally with relationships as far as like, not the rent-owned, but like actual like dating um, serious relationships. Like I grew up very Christian. So the, the phrase date, date to marry was often thrown around mm-hmm. as far as like the Christian kids and group. And um, you know, as soon as they're in a relationship, they're like, Oh, like that's, they're going to really try to make it work. And people ask why, it's like oh because they date to marry like they date with mm-hmm. with the intent to be married yeah so I grew up hearing that all the time and that freaks me out <laughs> so and it's it's something that I know it's not the most logical but I can't help but any time dating anybody like immediately imagining like the future like what does this mean what does this mean for me and my family me and my business me and my happiness can I see them in every facet down the line which is not healthy I know that but uh Something definitely that I need to work on.
0: Well, and I think that, you know, all of us have, you know, things that we have to unlearn. Yeah. In order to kind of live as our most authentic self, we all have unlearning to do. And, oh, totally. You know, I kind of grew up in a situation where, you know, the only way that I was going to make it in the world was to marry. A rich man that was going to take care of me, hmm. and <laughs>
1: <laughs> you take care of yourself,
0: <laughs> yeah, and that has yet to happen, you know, and I also grew up in a in a world where my value as a woman was determined by how many babies I was going to have mm-hmm. and whether or not I kept a good home and There is nothing wrong with that. I don't think there's anything Uh wrong with traditional values. I do think that there is something wrong with assigning a value to a woman based on those things because, you know, as humans, we have intrinsic value, but Mm -hmm. I, you know, I think that it's amazing that there are women who choose to stay at home and, you know, care for children and be homemakers. I think that's a wonderful thing. And I think it's wonderful for women who want to have the career path and whatever, but, when it comes to relationships, you know, we all have things to unlearn. And, you know, I was recently listening to a mentor of mine, and he talked about how we have experiences in our relationships. Mm -hmm. And subconsciously, we turn these experiences into rules that Mm. we bring to our next relationship. So if I you know, I dated a guy that cheated on me. And so for a while, my rule was that I can only get so close to a guy because he's eventually going to cheat on me. Mm -hmm. That was a rule that, you know, I didn't explicitly state that, but it was a rule that I had in my mind that he's gonna, he's gonna cheat on me.
1: This will be a thing eventually. Yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard the phrase and I hate hearing this, but uh, yeah, there's been times when people are stressing their relationship and the, they want to be the one to cheat first because if they're going to be cheated on, they want to be the one that did it first. And yeah, uh, yeah,
0: there's a lot lot of rules that are like that, that people bring to the relationship, you know, well, you know, every guy I've ever dated is, you know, has hurt me. So I'm going to leave him before he has the chance to leave me. There's, you know, that's a common rule. And you know, what my mentor said that was so brilliant and kind of, made me check myself a little bit too, was not only do we owe it to the new person that we're dating to give them a clean slate, Mm -hmm. but we owe it to ourselves to Mm -hmm. give ourselves a clean slate, every relationship we show up to. And that's obviously easier said than done. And and it involves a lot of unlearning, but the way that you unlearn these things is by many experiments, you know, and, and in your specific case, like what it reminded me of is, you know, when we were little, you're dating in like middle school, you know, (laughs) (laughs) or or in high school, you know, if, if uh, somebody asks you out and says, Hey, do you want to go to the movies Friday night? Our initial response at 16, 17 years old is Oh yeah sure what movie is playing what movie are we going to see that's our initial response right mm-hmm. like just but yeah, if somebody, yeah so but if somebody asks you right now in our what 30s
1: yeah
0: hey you want to go see a movie friday night in your mind, oh, all of the questions are like, well, I don't know. Like, is this person really my type? Does this person oh, have geez. the same goals as me? Does this person want to be in a long-term relationship? Is this guy just trying to hook up with me? Is this like, What
1: are the motives? <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah.
0: And it's like, can't we date <laughs> like we did in high school where we approach it with an innocence yeah. and let it be Build over time naturally into whatever it's supposed to be can we get some of that innocence back and I think we're all a little jaded and you know for me I was very jaded for a long time after you know a very bad relationship and I completely closed myself off I went celibate for a year I didn't date And then I was completely blown out of the water when this unexpected man showed up in my life and he was a fairy tale. I mean, Hmm. he was the absolute fairy tale and I, he made me believe in love again. And like people who knew me before I was in this terrible relationship, they knew how in love with love I was. Yeah. And so to see me kind of, like, swear off all men, it was not who I was. Right. And I, I lost who I was, you know, in that relationship. And so I closed myself off and just swore off men and, like, I just needed to get back to me. And it took another relationship to blow up in a beautiful way to remind me, like, oh, yeah, like, I love love.
1: There's still you this know? possibility. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so I think if we can remember that excitement and that innocence of when we very first started dating and just that curiosity and that sense of wonder.
1: Yeah. Everything's positive think, and you're just waiting to see what else, what, yeah, what, uh, just waiting for the beautiful things to come out of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, And, and just approaching it like, Oh man, like what can I learn about this person? Like just being excited to get to know another human. Right. And, and if that's all you take from it, like my only goal at the end of this date is to just get to know this person a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that can help us, you know, unleash some of these rules that we carry and unlearn some of these um you know things that we've believed for so long that are not truths right they're just stories they're just little bits of information that we've collected they're not truths yeah they're just you know stories that we've told ourselves and we can change the story
1: yep for whatever reason it's hard to we put these values on these certain ideas and we're younger and we feel obligated to them. And it's hard Mm -hmm. to, to not feel that way anymore.
0: And I think, you know, going back to the rent to own relationship, I think that that, I mean, we're going into a way deeper conversation. It's another episode, but (laughs) you know, a lot of people settle for these comfortable rent to own relationships because of this, you know, sense of unworthiness or this, Mm. you know, I call it the, the not enough complex. And, you know, we settle for good enough because we don't feel like we are enough. And, you know, it's It's like, well, it's better than, it's better than nothing. Yeah. And if that's the bar that you set for yourself, that just better than nothing, (laughs) you're in for a pretty mediocre life. And the power position for all of us, men and women, is we get to decide at what intensity do we want to live our lives. Yeah. We decide that.
1: We're the decision makers.
0: Yeah. So my hope, my, my, um, my preach it sister moment is to all the men out there and to all the women out there to step into your power and to decide At what intensity do you want to live your life? At what intensity do you want to love yourself and love another human? And how do you want to show up in a relationship? Do you want to show up for comfort and convenience? Or do you want to show up for fulfillment and passion and joy and happiness?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have to have that honest conversation with ourselves. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think I have said all the pieces that i can say about this um <laughs> i think the world is done hearing my my uh it, prophetic wisdom on the situationship
1: <laughs> i love that term i love the term maintenance maintenance man too we'll have to dive into that at some point
0: oh yeah that's the job a whole description other <laughs> for sure <laughs>
1: uh. Man. So,
0: Paulo, before you go and before we we wrap this up, um, I want to give everybody the opportunity to find you to support you. Um, you have an amazing YouTube channel which I love. I binge watch. <laughs> um, and I just want people to know more about you. So, how yeah. can we support you? Um, how can people find you?
1: Yeah, I would say, it's, so I guess it's twofold. I'd say the, the best way to I guess the note that I want to end on is, honestly, I just want people to pursue their own happiness first. I think that's important. Um, But as far as like finding my weird world of entrepreneurship, uh, just follow me, I guess, anywhere. It's either Where's P or Where's Pablo across the board on uh, Insta, Twitter, YouTube, any of that stuff. So um, just a warning, it's all entrepreneurship and business. So if you're not into it, uh, don't worry about it. But if you like that stuff, that's what I'm about.
0: Cool. And I'll be sure to include all the links in the description box for everybody to find you. But um, Pablo, man, you're so amazing. I mean, we've been friends for so long and I could just talk to you forever, but (laughs) I'm just so thankful that you came on to the show and that we got to dive into this (laughs) incredibly interesting topic of (laughs) rent to own relationships. So yeah, I appreciate you. you And thank you for having me on too. (laughs) absolutely i we will have you on more i i just know it. i have a feeling i look forward to that (laughs) thank you so much for being on and uh until the next one all right guys now it's time for just the tip a quick little in and out to help you improve your dating game All right, guys, today we are going to be talking about style, specifically your hair. If you are over the age of 16 and you are listening to this podcast, then you should not be using hair gel. Yeah, guys, I'm talking to you. It is time to invest in a jar of Hair balm or some kind of pomade with all of the amazing hair care products that are out for men nowadays. There is no excuse for crunchy hair. Women love men who have quaffs of hair that they can run their hands through and not get stuck. So if you're still using hair gel, guys, it's time to swap it out and get yourself some classy hair balm or some kind of pomade it's not very expensive and trust me it is worth the upgrade it is going to level up your style especially if you are blessed with hair so men toss out the gel you are not in a boy band and get yourself some hair balm congratulations boo you lasted the whole time Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Insider Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please share it on your social media and make sure to tag Pablo and let him know what you thought of the episode. If you want to keep up with Pablo and all his adventures, be sure to follow him on social. I'll leave all the links in the show notes. If you have any burning questions, hit me up. I would love to hear from you. I'll leave the link in the description. Don't forget to subscribe to the Insider Podcast on Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcast. Do me a solid and leave me a five-star rating and review on Apple. For more, be sure to follow me on Insta at the Servine. One last major thanks to my dear friend Pablo Guzman for joining us on today's episode. If you want to dive deep into another episode of the Insider Podcast, check out the links in the description. Tune in next month for another chance to go deep. Deep Insider. Ciao!